Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. How are you doing today? Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And yes, I am back with my co-host, Happy. She's uh, up and around this morning, so uh, she is definitely sitting in my lap for this episode. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. Let's once again, as a one rental at a time community, congratulate the folks that are doing the work have their buy box, writing good or good or great offers, and yes, closing deals. So remember, if you get your first or next rental property and you are a follower of One Rental at a Time, I want to hear about it. I want to send you one of these cards. And this morning, we are congratulating Brian. Brian, congratulations for getting your deal. Your card will be in the mail this afternoon. Uh, so again, Something else going on in my world is we have additional social media folks pumping out content. Uh, I have, a, for the first time, released a TikTok channel. Uh, my channel, of course, is called One Rental at a Time. And no, I am not doing anything on TikTok. However, uh, I am paying some folks to uh, create content from my daily videos and they are posting it on TikTok. So if you happen to be a TikTok fan and want to see what they're doing with my content, feel free to, is it follow, subscribe? I don't even know what the vernacular is for TikTok. I guess I am too old for that. But in addition to that, something I'm very proud of is all of you that are following me on the podcast. One Rental at a Time podcast has actually been around for a couple of years, but the last two weeks have... Um, have really jumped. And if you are one of those followers or listeners, I just wanted to thank you. And yes, we do daily content on the podcast, but if you're watching me here, it is essentially the audio of three different videos. But uh, feel free to follow me on your favorite podcast platform, um, one rental at a time, as always. A couple of things that I'm thinking about. Uh, as we watch the Chinese economy from afar, I'm positive we are only getting a sliver of reality, uh, but as expected, as I said would happen, uh, Evergrande is kind of collapsing in on itself, but um, because they have assets, you know, things will be sold at 60 and 70 cents on the dollar. They've already sold their bank, they sold their property management company, or 51%. It is going through its cycle. It will not be an entity in 30 to 90 days, is my opinion. But what I'm referring to next is the spread. China has a problem. Uh, their property developers were 10 to 12% of their GDP. Their unaffordability had gone to extremes years ago and only gotten worse. Uh, some of their markets, it was 40 to 1. Uh, they don't measure affordability the same way we do in the States. But needless to say, 40 to 1 is not good. 40 to 1 is their income to price. Uh, and now what we have is we have more Chinese property developers cracking. 
refusing to pay uh, foreign debt, debt obligations. And now by refusing, that may be the wrong word. How about unable? They don't have the liquidity. And again, as with Evergrande, they are choosing not to pay foreign capital first. They are paying Chinese uh, debt back, but not foreign capital. This is how debt markets uh, implode. This is how China, all Chinese companies, debts or foreign capital raises will be more expensive uh, if, if they can even secure it with what is going on. This is certainly not over. There were two more Chinese property developers uh, showing signs of distress, ongoing concerns, and likely bankruptcy. Fantasia, first off, uh, they have already missed payments on $206 million of U.S. denominated bonds. Not good. Uh, it looks like these bonds were actually issued in 2016, had a uh, uh, rate of 7 and 3 eighths. Uh, Fantasia is not big like Evergrande. Evergrande was number two. Uh, Fantasia, by last count, was 73rd. But this is going to impact all property developers and probably hurt the smallest the worst, but just like most areas, when you hit the smallest, all of them go or many of them go and uh, thus feed a, a feedback loop starts, which is very negative. In the United States, if you do not remember and you were not investing in the last crash, think about, I guess you can't if you don't, don't remember what was going on, but let me tell you, we had lots, lots and lots of property developers in 2005 and six. They seemingly were everywhere. When the debt markets crashed, most of those builders went bankrupt, out of business, stopped development, stopped working on lots. It just poof, went in the wind. So don't pretend like what's happening in China can't happen here. I would argue it happened here just 15 years ago. So very similar thing going on. And again, it's why I am focused on the Chinese citizens. Right. We hear a lot about CCP, the central government. We hear about them, uh, you know, taking or whacking businesses and, and hurting uh, innovation. But I, I am I am trying to figure out what is going on with the Chinese citizens. If you're a Chinese citizen and you see all of this craziness and you have true fear of the government coming in and disrupting your business, taking your wealth, what do you do? You, you know, you, I, I think what was happening is the reason they shut off crypto so hard is they knew that people would trade um, renminbi or yuan for crypto. Now what do they do? Do they try to find dollars on the black market? Do they buy gold? Shoot, do they buy diamonds? What are they going to do? And you know they aren't, aren't, will not keep that money at a bank. They have seen what's going on with Evergrande Wealth Management. There are going to be a lot of folks in China literally stuffing cash or gold or silver or whatever they can afford in a mattress. I believe that has significant ramifications that, that will be felt shortly but aren't felt yet. And again, let's not pretend like this wouldn't happen in the United States, right? We are no different. If our government seemingly overnight changed the rules and made capital or capitalism kind of the anti, we would do the same thing. I know I would. 
it would be like, nope, I'm not going to put my money anywhere that anybody can get it. Uh, you know, bury it in the backyard, bury it wherever. Something would happen. So let's not pretend like what's happening in China couldn't happen here because it absolutely could. So that's what I'm looking for. I believe China is going to have a lost decade. I believe the real estate market has popped. It is a bubble. It is, it's imploding right in front of us. I don't know if it impacts the world. I know it impacts their foreign capital raises. I know it will likely cause China to have a recession, which could be significant. But yeah, we, we're going to have to watch this because, again, China is number two, at least as GDP, and it will impact all of us. Why are you squirming? You want to get down? Okay, you get down. So that's what I'm looking at there. Next up, we had PepsiCo. PepsiCo earnings uh, today. We, we again talked about them over the weekend. Uh, as expected, they beat top and bottom. Uh, what was interesting is they actually raised guidance. I didn't think Pepsi would raise guidance, but they did. They said the return of restaurants and movie theaters has been a good sign. So good on Pepsi, uh, good on the reopening trade. Uh, that um, that was a surprise. So I'm all for it, right? More signs that the economy is opening up is good news. Albertsons, if you don't know who Albertson is, think grocery stores. Uh, has been downgraded pretty much with the entire sector as they are suffering higher wages, inflation, wage inflation. They have a very skinny business model. Uh, and they have price more increasingly price-sensitive consumers. Inflation is hurting everyone. Do not believe the government when they say uh, your taxes are not going up. <laughs> your taxes are going up. It's just a tax by a different name, and it is called inflation. Uh, so that is something to watch is as consumers get price sensitive, as their budget doesn't go as far, are they trading down? Are they doing without? Yeah, this is, um, this is where we are right now. I uh, don't know if you saw this, but I put out what I guess I will call a rant video. Uh, I did a review of Dion from Dion Talks rant video about uh, some TikTok video that got 2 million views. Uh, about how iBuyers and specifically Zillow was messing with the market. Uh, it's not happening. It's not how the system works. Um, just, there's no way to buy 30 and then buy one more and increase the value of 30. It doesn't work that way. Uh, there seems to be a lot of people that want to blame somebody. And uh, iBuyers are the latest thing. They're just too small. They're not, they're not uh, that entity and uh, the system would not work that way. Uh, next up, looks like the uh, looks like President Joe Biden has gone. I, I, I wrote extreme, but that's probably not the right word. Uh, what do they call them? Progressives? Is that what they call them? Is it progressives and centrist? I don't know. Whatever. Basically, he's gone one direction. He is now clearly blaming two centrists. Uh, he says he has 48 votes and needs 50. He's clearly calling out uh, the um, I was going to say governor, that's not right, senator from West Virginia and senator from Arizona who are known centrists. This is, um, it's going to be interesting to see, right? Because, uh, you know, at least as I understood the, uh, the message of his uh, presidency is he was going to be in the center. He was going to bring everybody together. But lo and behold, he has people uh, in his party who like to hold their breath and turn blue, and then he caves. Uh, we saw this with um, 
the, mor the eviction moratorium. I believe the eviction moratorium was always unconstitutional. I believe he thought it was unconstitutional. He said as much. Then people in his party started holding their breath. He caved. Five weeks later, unconstitutional. I believe that is a trend uh, that he has said works, and he is suffering that right now, which means we all are kind of witnessing it. So we'll see. Uh, do the senators from West Virginia and Arizona hold tight? Uh, you have seen some pretty significant intrusions, including people invading the bathroom, uh, which is pretty um, over the top and not okay. That is, uh, uh, it's people, come on. Where's, where's um, decency these days? So we'll see what's going on. They're trying to pass this by the end of October. Uh, it was supposed to be in September. So we'll see what's going on. Again, what I want to say is they're going to come out and tell you that this $3.5 trillion is $0 out of your pocket. Don't believe it. Inflation is, not, is a tax. And what they're going to tell you is, hey, we're only going to tax the people over 400 grand or companies or whatever. Don't believe it. You are all going to pay for this. There is nothing free in this society. It's got to come from somewhere. And if companies got to pay it, prices go up. If this happens, that happens. It is not just some magic rainbows and unicorns where things are truly free. If you want all this free stuff, the free stuff's got to be paid for. And it's called inflation. And you all will pay it. Uh, the debt ceiling is going to be interesting. Uh, in fairness, I think it needs, just needs to be a rate, just needs to be raised. This is a, um, it's been raised 80 times, if you didn't know already. It was actually raised three times under our former President Trump. Uh, so this is not something that's like blue or red. It happens. Um, but it is definitely being used as a political weapon. There is no question. And it will be interesting because the clock is ticking. And uh, we will see where this goes. Uh, I, uh, I think all of this is political theater and it gets raised simply because trying to internalize what would happen if we did not raise it is frankly scary. It, it's, it's frightening to think about. So we'll see. Uh, and lastly, I read an article about uh, a hedge fund that is headquartered in Chicago uh, named Citadel. I think I got that right. Uh, their CEO and founder is like, man, Chicago's got to clean up its act. It's heading in the wrong direction. It is actually more violent in Chicago some days than Afghanistan. That is frightening to think about. Uh, but he is basically saying if the city doesn't clean up and it's, it's um, clean up, uh, he is going to move his headquarters because he is fear for, fearful for his employees. So pretty interesting what's going on. Again, remember... I have a podcast, One Rental at a Time. Feel free to watch, subscribe, listen. TikTok now, kind of crazy. Uh, and of course, uh, don't forget we have this new book in hard copy and soft copy and Kindle. Go ahead and get it. I'm being told that they're finally being delivered. Uh, so thank you for all the support. I would love book selfies like we did last time. And then when you finally get through it, because this book's 300 pages where the last one was like 180. I love your feedback. Please tell me which millionaire story resonated with you. I wrote this book for you. I wanted you to see that real estate investing has lots of ways 
to profit. Lots of people starting in worse situations than you. So I'd love to know which story resonated with you. I think it will be different for everyone, which is good because this book took a long time to put together. And again, it's because I was thinking about you. So let me know what you think. Take care. Have a wonderful day. We should have uh, a couple of interviews today. Bye.